right, so Mr. Nagoya, episode number 25, we're getting there. Yeah, yeah, Andrew was saying the other day that we had like something like 5,000 downloads or something like that of the uh, podcast, pretty significant, that's a lot of All people. the podcasts. Yeah. Wow, we yeah, put that many people. listening. We put a lot of people to sleep. Absolutely, I, maybe that's what they're using us for. <laughs> Anybody have some anxiety, just listen to the podcast and go to bed, right? Yeah, my voice will put you to sleep. Um, so we're going to change the the beginning here you know uh typically after a council meeting we we go for a refreshment uh to to uh to get together and most of us don't uh socialize with each other uh over the years and uh but we always have tradition has gotten together and um and, and had a refreshment afterwards if uh the meetings don't go too late last night we met the mayor of Marie Lake. That's right. And, uh, you know, we won't say his name, but it was it was fascinating that uh, we met the mayor of Marie Lake and, and the troubles that even out at Marie Lake that they're facing are similar difficulties were and challenges that we're having out here in the city, Cold Lake, with, with the crime and, and that. But uh, beautiful uh, location. Marie Lake is uh, one of the gems of uh, northeastern Alberta. It's um, got a little bit of a residential subdivision and then got some historical uh, properties along the lake that uh, long-standing uh, families have had uh, uh, over the, on the one area and a great walleye fishery. So it was kind of neat listening to the trouble. fish hatchery, your work side uh, does some stuff out there. Yeah, yeah. We, well, we used to stock, stock Marie Lake with walleye many, many, many years ago, but a beautiful area, uh, some great sand beaches. And of course, uh, there's a, the military campground that is out there. Uh, that's, it's a really cool spot. Um, but, uh, it's and Murray a, Lake is good, for, uh, good neighbors with Crane Lake. I uh, know. It no? sounds like, uh, there's the, you know, that's a Hatfield McCoy's, right? So uh, <laughs> that was funny. It was, uh, it was neat talking to him and then the troubles and, uh, um, so yeah, so we were honored last night by the presence of the mayor of Marie Lake. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm looking forward to their elections. I don't, I've never seen that, uh, actually publicly. I think that's part of the MD of Bonneville, but yeah, I know in there, but yeah, they can, you know, maybe they can uh, create their own and... Uh, village. It should be a yeah, summer village. Summer village. Summer, summer village, village of... of Marie Lake. There, there, we, there we go. There we go. And then that person can actually be the official mayor yeah. of the summer village of Marie Lake. So we're starting something. And then, um, I didn't show you this yet, but uh, I had a really nice uh, surprise uh, in my emails uh, this morning. Um, remember Joe from uh, Hugelsheim? Uh, Joseph, uh, you know, our, oh, our guide. Joseph, a uh, doctor. Yeah. And he, uh, was our guide over in Hugelsheim when we visit our sister city. He sent me, uh, uh, a bunch of, uh, Remembrance Day photos of, uh, the ceremony over in Hugie. Oh, wow. And, uh, great to see, uh, uh, the Canadian Armed Forces were there in presence uh, for the ceremony. And just, uh, you know, we've talked about this before, uh, on our podcast, but just the, the, um, the commitment, the honor uh, that the Germans have to the Canadian Armed Forces is incredible. Mm-hmm. And uh, the photos, uh, I'll send them over to you, but the photos are great. Mm-hmm. Well, wow. well, hey, when we're there, I uh, got to tour, uh, what is it, the uh, their museum that is there just just for the Canadian military uh, specifically, uh, CFB, Baden-Baden. Yeah. Um, you know, that was quite a facility that we're in, and uh, I think that was the, uh, the, the Legion number one in 
home. Yeah, I read it. There. Yeah, I yeah. thought that was pretty cool. And yeah, that was yeah. neat to have a, a beautiful museum, and then that neat little uh, legion inside the, yeah. the museum. Uh, they did a great job in there. So a shout out to Joseph. I don't know if he listens to us, but uh, we uh, just if anybody gets a chance to go over to Hughie uh, and to Baden, uh, it, it is uh, you know, and I've ran into a few people uh, over the over the years, and uh, just the um, uh, just the, the fond memories people have of uh, being in Germany. And, and I don't know, I, I still say uh, we probably made a huge mistake by pulling out of Germany. Uh, you know, we should have a base over there in Europe. I think just the, you know, you see what's going on in the world right now, but just to have um, that relationship uh, where your your members can train with the Europeans, I think there's a lot of value there. No, uh, we just had our uh, Remembrance Day ceremony at the Energy Center. That was a... Uh, a, a big turnout again. Uh, Imperial Oil Place gets uh, um, packed. You think a um, couple thousand people? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right yeah. yeah. very positive, right? Uh, uh, both the uh, Legion and uh, CFB Cold Lake do a great job uh, uh, between the two and the parade and whatnot that's put on. It's uh, it's very well done. Yeah, no, it's 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 uh, really fantastic to, you know, we're lucky in this city to have the, the members from the base that can go out in there and march in and, and, and a big presence and the, and the pipe and drums and the, the four-wing band. Uh, it's a great ceremony and the Legion uh, does a good job. And then uh, did you make it over to the Legion afterwards? No, I did not. Uh, didn't have any moose milk? Or? Moose milk? No, I, uh, I kind of bailed on that one because there was another uh, uh, function, which was on uh, Saturday as well, which was uh, sleds and threads. So I... I didn't want to pace yourself. Yeah, I have to pace myself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I was, uh, you know, people probably know, but I, some people may not. Uh, I took that, my dad down to uh, his, his winter home in Florida. So I, uh, and then a, there was a family wedding in, of all places, Vegas. And so, uh, um, and so I, I missed my first ceremony and the, it, but the deputy uh, mayor, Bob Matthijs did a good job. Uh, he's pretty emotional uh, talking uh, last night. And then Chris did a great job. Uh, Councillor Vining talking about the former vet uh, that uh, passed away recently. And, uh, you know, this is, uh, you know, we're going into that stage where, you know, a lot of the World War II vets are, are passing on. And, and uh, you know, we've gone a long time without a big war. And uh, we're, you know, you see what's going over overseas right now. And we're, we're, we're very fortunate in Canada. Yeah, a lot of conflict that's out yeah. there, right? Yeah. 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 So we, uh, so shout out to everybody that was involved in the ceremonies. A great job. And then uh, this uh Coming up in the, this weekend is busy. We got Diwali, and another event uh, with Kinesu Performing Arts. So a uh, busy weekend yeah, coming. Diwali is put on by the Multicultural Association of Cold Lake, um, and uh, that's a lot of dancing of not like of a whole bunch of different cultures, not just a singular culture, including indigenous and a lot of uh, Arab areas and uh, Indian everything right so um so it's almost dancing all night long right yeah. so and and uh, cultural foods it's usually a really hot ticket to get to and so hopefully uh, you know see how many people come out for that we come out and support it and you know, you know just talking to uh, you know some people attendance at some of the events you can see our economy's kicking uh, a lot of people in the teeth yeah and yeah. Our, uh, uh, I bought my tickets for Diwali this morning yeah, I, yeah, I bought them yesterday, and uh, I think it was forty dollars. Yeah, and 40 pretty easy to if I can buy a ticket online, uh, anybody can. Um, so it was good. I mean, it, you know, it, so I got a so got some gossip in Vegas. I got to share with you. I, I didn't tell you this story. It's funny. So there's a rumor that the mayor is getting paid for every homeless person that's coming into Coal Lake. So I just want to you know put that rumor to bed. 
Uh, so it was getting uh, paid. Yeah. So this was a person that um, interacts with a uh, um, lot of Colake residents in in their business, and um, this person proceeded to tell them that the uh, the mayor is getting um, money for every homeless person that comes into Colake. Who's paying? I, that's a good question. I didn't ask that one, but who is paying for me to yeah. get for every homeless person? So it's it's fascinating um, all of the different gossip out there. Um, I mean, it's quite comical, but but whatever. Um, you know, we don't advertise for people to come to Coal Lake. Um, the, is the, uh, but there certainly is. Uh, I think the last count we, we kind of heard was over 110 people. Actually, no, yeah, about 134, I think. Is We're at 134. And, and, and so how do we know that, Kevin? What's, uh, I mean, I know, but what is the... What for it, the public, yeah. yeah. So uh, anybody that comes into the community and is uh, engaging with the John Howard Society, um, either by the MAP program or outreach uh, programming that is being put on, which is uh, actually lots of funding coming in from the province right now for that, um, has an ID, uh, unique ID number, so we can track them of uh, how many times that there's, you know, where they are in the system, where did they come from, um, why are they here, um, and, uh, how many times have they accessed outreach? Uh, how many times have they stayed within the building? And you can see, um, on the charts, whether, you know, maybe they're here for a couple of weeks and then they're gone. So when I say the number 134, those are 134 unique ID numbers. That being said, that doesn't mean that there's 134 people here right now. Um, it's, uh, you can see a number of them that have kind of gone, it's, it's silent, so I, you don't necessarily know where they are, whether they're here or whether they've moved on from the community and they were um, just here for a temporary time, right? So, and John Howard is a bunch of uh, uh, people that sit on the volunteer board, and then they have paid employees that that, uh, that work as social workers and work inside the building, uh, dealing with the clients, and then security at night. Um, and so, you <clears throat> the doors are locked from eleven o'clock at night till seven in the morning. If you want to get out of the building during the night, you can't come back in. So the security guard lets you out. Uh, and then they track how many people stay the night and, and, and it's anticipated that the numbers will be pretty much similar, if not more than last winter, where they're averaging 10 to 20 people a night, especially when the weather got cold. So we'll see where we go with all this. Um, you know, certainly, um, you know, people are coming to Coal Lake for just like whether they're coming to Wetaskiwin or Edson and all these other small municipalities that we, we learned from the mid-sized mayors, uh, meetings that we go to, everybody's dealing with it, and even small communities. But um, certainly... Uh, a significant, uh, when we can track it, you know, there is an element, uh, you know, predominantly, um, I'll say regional. Um, there is a, a pretty significant... Uh, you know, presence or, or number or percentage of that uh, in those numbers is kind of that northwest uh, Saskatchewan area. Um, kind of, you know, if you go straight across to Meadow Lake and then north, um, all that area, there seems to be a lot from that area as well. Yeah. Yeah, we, we said like about a uh, half an hour radius of Coal Lake, there's about 70% of the people are from that area and then the rest are from Saskatchewan in, in western Alberta. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, lack of bishop in that area. So, you know, it's everybody's facing with it. Uh, it's good that the province is going to come in and, and give um, some operating uh, dollars this winter. Um, the food bank is a major contributor uh, for the food over at the the building. They they feed three meals a day, uh, and then during the day, uh, the 
clients uh, that are using the services sort of have to fend for themselves. It's unfortunate, um, you know, we've seen a lot of um, vandalism in, in, in the city. Um, whether or not it's related to people staying at the shelter, one one comment people should, you know, really take to, to, to bearing is that because the shelter identifies all the clients with a number and a name, uh, if people are charged uh, by the RCMP, you can easily uh, try to tie those names with people that do stay at the shelter. And what we're finding is that, yeah, there's a little bit of that, but also there's a presence in the area right now of a lot of uh, criminal activity going on. Yeah, organized crime. Yeah, and, and we're seeing it within the city facilities itself. And so, um, you know, it's unfortunate that there's such a lack of respect for, for property right now uh, in today's society. Uh, but the city itself, I know we're not going to get a lot of a lot of sympathy from the business community because a lot of the businesses in Coal Lake ha- have been hit hard. But certainly the city, the vandalism that's going on city property is a bit mysterious that um, you would open up, uh, like why would the landfill be such a, a popular place to go and you know, what really is going to be at a landfill? It's a 7-Eleven of garbage. Yeah, I, I, and I think for the public, in order to them understand what we're talking about here, the landfill has been faced with some pretty significant issues, uh, um, lots of destruction, and we're talking some pretty serious damage, right? Uh, um, trying to break and uh, successfully breaking and entering the uh, um, communication towers, uh, bringing communications down in the city, um, and uh, nothing really being stolen. It's just, just just on a wreckage, right? It's just in there banging, pulling, and uh, not really anything else to that matter. Now, there's an element that we probably know that there's, uh, you know, homeless and whatnot, because there's a lot of warming fires that are there that, that, that the city has to deal with and is, is, is removing people. But there's also just uh, destroying doors and whatnot just to get in and not really steal too much. So um, some significant damage. So, so you can see that there's that element. And when you look through all the damages that are happening in the city, you know, when you're lock, looking at catalytic converters and stuff like that, cause the city flashing your tires. Yeah. 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 And tires and stuff like that. That is more, or I, that's not probably an element of homeless people. That is more organized crime because there's a resale value associated with those types of materials. Um, Look at the subdivision that uh, big roll of electrical wire was. Oh, cop- oh yeah, see, yeah, in the uh, yeah, the major subdivision in town that has construction activity happening right now is. Um, a major roll of uh, copper wire being stolen. Now, that's heavy material um, when you're talking with distribution systems like that. So in order to handle that, that is that is very organized. You know, you need a trailer, you need equipment. Um, things are have to happen in order to for that to happen. But, and then there's the other side. Is, so you have this element of petty crime, and then you have an organized crime. And then also then you just got vandalism straight out, right? So you got the energy center that gets, you know, the elevators are just getting destroyed. Of course, uh, parts for elevators are or over eight months in order to deliver. So um, there's nothing the city can do about that. As you know, the uh, energy center to that third floor walking track has been closed since earlier in the year. Um, and that is simply because during the day, uh, and uh, allegedly there were some you know kids that went in there and, and destroyed uh, the elevator and did significant damage to it. And uh, in order to get parts, uh, in fact, actually, the the damage was so extensive, it actually requires a new car to be put in there. Um, so 
but that's yeah over eight months delivery waiting for all those uh the materials to come in mm-hmm. the second elevator that was over on the other side where the climbing wall is uh has been vandalized but uh, not to the point that the has been shut down so yeah it's uh it's unfortunate when you look at that uh, the energy center there has been three attempts or three um instances of uh, fires uh, being started within the washrooms um if those got out of control we don't have the energy center anymore right so if they owe those catch so um yeah on all three instances those were caught but uh in terms of the fire itself and put out but uh if it wasn't for a significant time yeah that could be devastating and then we don't have recreational facilities for a very extended period of time yeah, no, it's, it's just unbelievable. I mean, I've been the mayor for a long time here, and I just, uh, just the change over the last uh, couple of years has been massive and uh, very concerning what the future looks like if this is where our society is heading. Um, it's just, it's, uh, you know, something needs to be uh, determined, like why has society gone down into the gutter like this? And uh, it's, it's too bad. I mean, I really feel for the, uh, I was just in, in City Hall, I was sort of leaving, and uh, I ran into a you know business person that uh, you know got his store got vandalized hard with graffiti, and he came in to get the the, the famous uh, graffiti uh, uh, material we have, and uh, his building uh, you know just got annihilated with uh, with all of the the, the graffiti, uh, all the different sayings that were on all sides of the building, and it's like like where do you how do you stop this stuff? This this uh, this total disregard for people's property. Yeah, the city is, uh, um, for the public knowledge, is not just standing by either. Um, it has been actively removing camps um, in various areas. Um, there's uh, you know complaints that are around, and uh, yes, some of the uh, because it's getting colder, some of the camps are being a little bit more sophisticated as 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 the temperature drops. Um, but, uh, between municipal enforcement and the RCMP, they're actively removing camps and several were done, uh, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday of last week. Um, which is, uh, you know, it's quite a job for the, for the, for those members to be able to go to in there and do that. Um, with that, uh, and the reason, partially the reason why the city is active is, uh, is also fires, right? Uh, um, I would say that uh, our fires right now, I think in terms of, uh, relating to homeless camps and whatnot have i think this year right now we're at 43 um last and that's to date last year all last year was 27 for 2022 and then uh, 2021 we only had eight so you can see the significant curve of what's happening in that regard and you know that comes to a safety issue of when if these fires catch and they are they're left out of uh, left on you know, when something happens, they go out of control. Um, that's, you know, it could take out homes and stuff like that. Right. Um, we just recently removed some trees over by, uh, south of the, uh, shoppers drug mart there over on the highway. I know the residents aren't happy, but it is private property land. So, um, for the most part, I would say 80% of that land is private property. So in commercial development, commercial, yeah. yeah, commercial development, I know, I know there's frustrations on all sides of that conversation, but it's a very complex issue, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, it's an attractive area if you're, um, looking to shelter in place, uh, and build your little camp. Um, it's got a lot of, it's on the, you know, it's right by the mall. It, it's got a, a sweet spot in there and it's, uh, a little bit blocked by the wind, the way it goes in a bit of a, a uh, you know, a valley there. So it's unfortunate, but you know, this is where we have to do is, is 
is look at these situations and and uh, and, and knock down the bush. It's you know it is it, it's it's the way it is right now in society. It's unfortunate. Um, you know, talking about the RCMP, where where the province wants the city to form a police committee. Yes, it's a requirement. Once you're a population of fifteen thousand plus, it's been on the city's to do list. Uh, with the uh, new police a- uh, police act that was amended by the, uh, the by the province, and uh, so now we do need to stand up a, a police uh, committee. It's not a commission, so there's distinct differences. So it's just uh, basically kind of a contractual oversight community policing priorities uh consultations and uh, there is an element that they do receive complaints now the public will have to there you know may not see the differences there but uh, um the rcmp because it's a national institution of law enforcement has their own kind of uh, uh review of complaints process uh, that's internally but the committee itself hasn't has a piece that they're able to uh, to help with in terms of uh, in terms of what their role is going to be in terms of complaints and stuff. Yeah, so that'll get started up. We're going to get eventually have a few people from the community involved. Yeah, I think it's three uh, members of the community and two elected officials, and uh, and their role is to advise uh, on priorities, uh, deal with some complaints, and uh, also talk about budgets. Um, so they could be coming forth with. Uh, request for more members or whatever the case may be uh, in terms of uh, what their resource allocations are. Um, those recommendations are not necessarily because it's not a commission. It's a committee it comes to council and council can decide whether to ratify those or move forward with those. Cause they do have budget implications. Uh, when you're talking about uh, each, you know, member of officer law enforcement officer, you know, is probably equivalent to about a 1% tax increase. Right. So, um, it's uh those are the things that uh, have to be considered within the overall bo- budget scope envelope so uh, you mentioned uh, the, the uh, snowville club um so they they uh, sleds there they had a gala they, there last weekend um they recommended a, a sort of a small change on the on the route to going to the lake and uh for the for the the, the sleds uh, this year along first avenue uh, there's a major um change on the north side of first avenue just off english bay road and so now we're going to run the trail kind of on the south side of that lake or, or south First side Avenue, of First yeah. Avenue and then zip it into the uh, MD Park. Uh, and then people can sled right onto the onto the lake if we get any snow this well, year. Well, it looks pretty uh, brown <laughs> out there. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, we need the moisture. It's unfortunate, but uh, certainly the snow budget is uh, looking good right Somebody now. Somebody was saying that Fort McMurray got quite a bit? I don't know. Don't know? Okay, okay. Maybe it's just maybe maybe the wish of the community is that there's a dome around Cold Lake now. Well, you never know; it could happen. <laughs> no, it's uh, so that's a small change on that, and then we have um, you know a bigger discussion about uh, you know we have a, an Iron Horse Trail, and uh, we also have the Trans Canada Trail, and so the idea is that uh, we'll have more discussion on quads and sleds, and uh, the idea idea is that um, you know. If you're on a quad and you want to go to a restaurant um, as you're on the trail, because, uh, you know, we want to encourage uh, business to sort of, you know, entertain uh, the, the sleds and the, and, the, and the quads, you know, can some of the businesses, um, you know, take in on, on uh, 
some of that recreational activity. So we'll have a bigger discussion eventually at corporate priorities. Yeah, next uh, next corporate priorities uh, councils, kind of the envelope of the conversation is is uh, right now you have it, like you said, we just said the council adopted the uh, an amendment to the designated trail for when it comes to snowmobiles and grooming and whatnot. But overall, kind of the, your, the rules surrounding off-highway vehicles in general and uh, whether they should be... Um, because it's not just the restaurants, it's the gas stations, it's the commercial facilities, shopping and stuff like that. So do you open it up to allow for that? And uh, in order to do that, uh, some significant changes to the bylaw will probably have to be entertained. And uh, so administration will bring forward some discussion parameters on what that could look like um, in the community and whether council wants to do public consultation or, or, or what or what the next steps would be. Um, but uh, open it up for the community for uh, for off-highway vehicles. Yeah. We had an interesting one last night. I, I never thought we would talk about bees in council, but we're, we're there now. Um, there's residents that want to want to make honey with the bees, and, and there's a certain bunch of rules that they got to follow. And so we, we passed that last night. The, uh, now you're allowed bees and hens. And hens. So you're, you're, we're turning the, the city into a little farm. But, uh, you know, there is residents. I, I've, I've it's trendy walked, things, right? There is residents that want to do this. And so we've got a set of rules. And then, um, and then of course, it all comes under now one big bylaw. But yeah, there's some amendments to the bylaw. That's why, you know, some of the discussions, even right now, which was interesting that um, I don't know if the public knows this, but uh, um, vicious animals are sure on the rise. I uh, um, We haven't dealt with a vicious animal tribunal for years. Years and years and years. And this year, we're already at a handful of uh, tribunals, um, you know, and, uh, you know, there's in those uh, evidence being given in terms of injuries of kids or pets and things like that. That's, you know, pretty significant. Uh, um, and, uh, you know, the only thing that I can relate it to is that, you know, lots of people through COVID had lots of pets and whatnot. And we can see that there's a lot more animals that are around and whether that's part of the, uh, um, issue or not uh, I'm not entirely sure why this is uh, we're starting to see a whole lot more of uh, the uh, kind of the animal biting and uh, um, stuff like that yeah unfortunate wow yeah and then one uh, another kind of one we did a couple months ago but but it's sort of the staff have been tweaking a bit with a storm management uh, fee um, people don't realize that the movement of water in Coal Lake is a big deal um, and so we got these uh, ponds throughout the city of Coal Lake, but just the, the water on your property. And um, it comes with a big cost managing all these stormwater ponds in Coal Lake. And so the idea is to try to develop a, a fair process that the, uh, the residents in the commercial sector are paying some kind of a storm management fee. Yeah, I think the city spends, I think it was just over $300,000 in budget uh, in terms of maintaining some of the storm. It's, uh, and uh, I know that. First of all, some residents, well, I don't use the storm um, system. Well, yes and no. Um, every drop that has to come down on a piece of property goes somewhere. It's either being impervious uh, or pervious into the ground. Um, but once kind of the ground has a level of saturation, you can see that it runs off of your driveway or your downspouts and it runs onto the road um, or ditches that are around. And those all have a level of certain amount of maintenance per year. And it all basically collectively costs the city around 300, just over $300,000 annually right now. Um, and it was the best, what is the best way to, you know, charge that? Is it through municipal taxation or is it charged on a utility fee based on, 
some sort of merit of contributing factors. So if your lot is mostly concrete and building, should you pay a little bit more than a person that may only have a 600 square foot house or, you know, might be exaggerating in terms of shrinkage, um, but and most of the land is just all grass. So those are the kind of the aspects of the uh, formula calculation that was derived. There's a few tweaks that had to happen for, especially when you're a country residential estate, those are pretty mass properties out there. And some of them have significant, uh, you know, paved roads and stuff like that, that are on them while others don't. Right. So we had to come up with a little bit uh, formula that took us a little, couple extra weeks when we uh, rolled it out uh, and actually seeing uh, what happened there, um, a little bit better formula to, to come out with. Yeah, so that would that was uh, a good segue to um, we also did make a, a change uh, to the community grant uh, documents, and so I encourage anybody that uh, has has gone through the city and and tried to get money, they may want to look at uh, some of the changes. Uh, uh, there's some significant ones for those that uh, like to come to the the committee and and get multiple uh, grants. Uh, we're just going to do uh, one is the only uh, is everybody's limit now. Yeah, you can apply for as many as you want, but in the end, you can only get one from the city. So there's going to have to be a level of prioritization for the community. Um, Kind of that's how the framework of the policy is now. And then the second I would consider as being pretty significant shift is uh, educational institutions have been added to the policy to allow for schools to be able to apply for various components of the grant, not all of them, but various uh, areas of the grant. Yeah. yeah, we're trying to look at, you know, when, when schools bring in, you know, the big provincials or whatever, a, a big magnitude is that they can apply for a small helping hand. And uh, if, the, if the group is going to a major, um, you know, event, national event, whatever, um, on a travel, um, some help there. So, I mean, uh, some big tweaks. I know there's uh, quite a few groups that come to us uh, for multiple uh, applications. Uh, right now, the, the program is oversubscribed by a, a couple hundred percent. And uh, so it was a start of what we're, we're trying to do is probably rein it in, um, even though, you know, some, some people like to say yes. Uh, which would be me, um, but uh, you know it's going to be it's going to be a challenge. Um, you know, uh, we'll probably face with one of the hardest budgets uh, for the city of Lake uh, coming up, and uh, you know everything's just uh, compounding out there. And I don't think uh, I think everybody in life uh, is is de- dealt with the inflation uh, going on right now with all the commodities, and and so the city, whether it's a power, gas, um, you know, running the the city. Um, so this was uh, changing, make, making some finer, minor edits uh, to the document, uh, just lays the foundation to try to you know, bring that number down a, a significant, but still support groups. Uh, we still want you know major events and, and groups to survive. Uh, you know what a lot of people don't uh, re- may not re- new residents of Coal Lake. We had a major organization in Coal Lake called the United Way that was um, a bunch of local people were very involved in uh, in fundraising through the United Way. And that whole funding envelope, you know, talking about a couple hundred thousand dollars a year they were handing out, uh, is all gone now. That was AJAZ days, right? Yeah, AJAZ and the board, that the board, uh, there was yep. multiple people involved. And that's all, you know, all gone. And uh, it's unfortunate. Uh, the closest United Way is, is Lloydminster. And so... Another person that was uh, passionate about letting that away, I think, was Chris Gill, right? Yeah, Chris. Uh, you know, there's multiple people so that were involved, and yeah, he's living in Edmonton now, and 
and uh, wish him all the best. Uh, K-Rock. Um, yeah. K-Rock voice, right? The old yeah, he's a big uh, community uh, guy in Coal Lake and did a lot of, uh, you know, generosity. He was a, he was a very good MC and uh, did a lot of events for free. And, uh, in you know, it's uh, tragic uh, with his wife dying uh, and Chris also dealing with cancer. So, um you know, he's in Edmonton, but he was he's wears Coal Lake on his sleeve for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, you're going like you said, you're going into budget deliberations. Uh, there's some, you know, it's going to be, um, just like everybody else is feeling the pinch. So myself, I I can't believe grocery shopping is just like wow, right? A hundred dollars and you just got a couple of bags, mm-hmm. not much in there. It's just. Um, and then all of our gas bills and everything else is going up at home. The city is much the same, right? It's all the fuel bills, all the, all the natural gas bills, electrical bills, um, wages for the staff, uh, um, all frontage, all have impacts to the budget and, uh, um, the city seeing much the same. So going into a budget deliberation and I know the community cause you do get, you do get a lot of positive, uh, comments in regards to the programs and services that the city does provide, right? You have people that actually move uh, from Bonneville and come here to Cold Lake and say, wow, you guys really got your stuff together here and really know how to do that. We had yeah. a, we had our old time resident. Old time, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Just having uh, at the junior hockey game and uh, had moved to uh, a community, let's just say uh, near Edmonton. And, uh, oh, yes. And uh, he uh, really did a big shout out to uh, uh, the city having uh, that men's, uh, you know, it's anybody can play hockey. Uh, during the day, uh, was it for $7 drop-in fee? And it's about an hour, hour and a half of hockey. And it's widely popular in Coal Lake. But yet the community that he moved to, and and it's bigger by a lot, uh, doesn't have that program. It it doesn't have that program, nor is the facility open at 7 o'clock or 6 o'clock in the morning to be able to do a morning skate for anybody. They don't open till Mm mid-morning. Yeah, so it was just... uh, it was a uh, paying a lot more taxes and a lot less services as was his frustration and uh, shouting out to Cold Lake that I can't believe how good he had it here and now it's frustrated in the community that he's living in. Yeah, I mean, I, I, we're we're probably going to see, you know, I think a trend across Canada, but uh, certainly, you know, our contacts in Alberta municipalities, you know, everybody's facing a huge, they're, I'll be very surprised if, large municipalities are going to have just a one or 2% tax increase. I, you know, I, I, there's going to have to be, and I, and I said it, uh, there's a day of reckoning coming, uh, eventually here where, where, uh, municipalities are going to have to be getting a significant, uh, helping hand from both the federal and the provincial government. Um, they're getting off scot-free. Um, you know, when you look at the, the funding that the provinces gives, uh, the city of Coal Lake residents on a per capita basis, it's next to nothing. And same with the federal government. And so, um, you know, when these communities are generating that kind of wealth through their, their taxes they pay on their paycheck, and then you look at what uh, they get back for the dollars per capita, it's it's so far of a gap. It, it's stunning. And so, um, you know, I, I think that uh, there has to be eventually um, some significant shift. And if it doesn't, I, I, you, know, I, I you know, you know me, I, I think there's, there's going to be less municipalities and people are going to have to get together. Municipalities are going to have to emer- amalgamate and get together in order to survive um, because uh, you just can't keep going to the business community and the resident community 
with five and six percent tax increase year after year after year, and uh, you know, and watch uh, a province uh, come in with multiple surpluses every year. And so I think that there there will be a time, and I, you know, I, and that's where the Alberta Municipalities Association we belong to has to really hammer that message in the right way. But uh, we'll see. I mean, I think Edmonton's facing a, a significant tax increase, Calgary too. Although Calgary got this uh, federal announcement on the housing, which is a housing good, accelerator fund. Is, yeah, you know, that's a fantastic. Uh, you know, kudos to the federal government with that program. Uh, I I hear that uh, it was oversubscribed. A lot of municipalities uh, put in for it, and 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 why not? Cold uh, Lake is uh, part of the list. Yeah. Um, but. We're, in, we're in a list, and what we hope, I think you guys did a great job on the package uh, to try to provide uh, some housing uh, incentives uh, for our developers. I, I think the package that we put in is, is probably as good as anybody. But again, uh, it sounds like everybody uh, put in for it. So we'll see if Cool Lake makes the list. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was of interest on that grant application. That was kind of a 30-day turnaround that you had to get in. So um, there was a lot of uh, prep that uh, when we attended some of the uh, FCF, uh, FCM conferences that the big cities, large cities were really ramping up for. So if you remember, I uh, made some comments that it almost seems like it's hinted towards the big se- big centers, but um, we chose to try to jump in there anyways and see if we can get some funding. Yeah, even the little guys like us, I mean, everything that we can, we got one major developer right now moving a lot of dirt. And, uh, but, you know, I think this... Um, this 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 federal program would would allow some of the stick builders to look at, at coming in and 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 building uh, some smaller housing stock uh, for people that can afford, you know, might not be able to afford a house uh, that's over three hundred thousand dollars, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, no, it's good. You got lots of people kicking the tires within the community. I think it's very positive. Uh, I think there's there's a known that Cold Lake is uh, is, is going to go see its growth. Uh, pretty strong, um, both commercial and uh, industrial. Uh, I think there's a lot of people reaching out uh, as, uh, you know, the public doesn't get to see a lot of this because there's usually non-disclosure agreements and, you know, pe- people don't want their name out there in case, uh, you know, cause, because they may not go through with it. They're just considering the community and whatnot. So, um, you know, you can say that there's a lot of kicking of the tires uh, in terms of investments uh, that are looking at Cold Lake. So that's very positive. Yeah. yeah, the uh, I mean, we got two big projects that people might be aware of. I mean, the F-35, Canada's going to replace the old F-18. Uh, and so that's going to be exciting around here. Um, we, we've, we, we've been hearing that the construction for the big uh, building for all the men and women with the armed forces is probably going to be delayed until t- summer of 24. Uh, but that's going to bring in, you know, five, 600 construction workers for a long period of time because it's going to be a long build out there. Know, it could be as many as five years, but once that is in place and the planes start arriving, whether it's 28 or 2029, um, and then you start getting the F-35s and you start upgrading the air weapons range, um, you know, it really talks about sort of the, the armed forces as sort of the, the anchor of our community. And then on top of that, we had a great open house by Pathways, uh, the carbon capture storage. Lakeland Inn. At the Lakeland Inn, and it was, uh, um, it was, it was, I had predicted maybe about 30 people would show up 
but I think the numbers was well over 80. Uh, I was really happy to see so many people interested in the project and the, the various, um, you know, it's sort of a, you go around and you see the different um, uh, boards or whatever, uh, some of the displays and they had, you know, great, some great displays on. She got to touch the, uh, some of the geological samples nice. right? uh, uh, from the cores are pretty neat in there in terms of, uh, you know, the, uh, the salt structures and you know ev- and, and everything in between that's kind of neat well you know like i went i went to the, the carbon capture uh conference there in edmonton a, a few months ago and, and i was just blown away by how s- many smart people we have in this world and uh and you know in that room at the pathways you, you can go around and, and each person is so good at sort of dumbing down um the process so that a common person can understand it and so it's great an opportunity for people i i, I heard that some people came from far away to hear the presentations. Uh, and so uh, I think everybody was pretty happy with, um, you know, I, I think everybody thought it was going to be massive where, uh, but when you actually, you know, get into it, it at the various plants, there's going to be these scrubbers or whatever you want to call them that are going to take the carbon out. Um, and then it's going to go through a pipeline. Uh, and then eventually just in our big geological formation from say La Corrie, Coal Lake down to Vegreville, uh, it'll go down hole and uh, down to a thousand meters uh, but the infrastructure when it's going down hole it's just going to be like a normal well um, so and we're going to have very few of them so um, I think that was really good uh, and we need the the pathways we need to um, you know if we get this uh, funded by the province and the feds to come in and give them a helping hand for industry our oil will be ethically the best in the world and and so uh, it, it, it'll give our oil sands the longevity for the next 40, 60 years. Because, I mean, let's face it, this whole green thing isn't coming along very uh, fast. And so um, we're going to need oil for a long time. And uh, we uh, we need to, in this country, start to uh, utilize our resources so that wealth can be uh, generated. How's that? Pretty good? Wow. Yeah. Wow. But on that note, let's uh, end the broad. Oh, in the no, no, oh, no, you got more? No, 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 no. They're the rink with no name, sir. Oh, the rink with the no rink name. Rink with so no we, name. The arena two to, or we're rink going with to no name? sort of give a tease that we have some really good news that uh, we we've been joking for a while uh, about the arena uh, that got built a, a few years ago. Uh, the arena uh, with no name, and so we're we're gonna we're really proud that we. Uh, Eventually here, we're going to be coming out publicly, and, and uh, we're really excited. Um, and uh, we've got a, a, you know, a, a sponsor, I guess is what it's called, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that right. Uh, a, a sponsor that has stepped forward, and uh, uh, they are the, going to be the new naming rights of the uh, of, uh, Arena 2, or the rink with no name. And uh, it'll, it, it, uh, the announcement will be in the coming kind of couple of months, maybe right after the new year. Hard to say here. We are working with the, uh, with the organization. And, uh, cause you, there is some branding and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, yeah. The behind the scenes, but it's exciting. And, uh, and then we can move on, uh, the, <laughs> the arena with no name, but it sounds like a, a song, but, uh, you know, it, that's exciting. And the, and the staff deserve a lot of credit and the company deserves a lot of credit to, uh, to get involved in the community. And, and I think, you know, that's, you know, I think things are really positive. Uh, we've got a, in 24, we've got the big air show. And, uh, so it's exciting, uh, that, uh, it's going to be hundredth anniversary, and uh, so that'd be a special. I, I, I was told by staff that uh, um, I believe there's over a thousand tulips been planted now. So for that anniversary in Coal Lake. Yep. Wow. Alrighty. 
We can have a tulip craze here. Yeah, it's part of the tradition, this tulip program, I guess, and uh, for the uh, anniversary. And uh, that's what I'm hearing anyways. Yeah. Wow. I don't know where they are or how it's been done. But hidden around. So you got to sort of like those rocks that people hide around. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, well, you know, the, well, the rocks. So yeah, yeah, the painted uh, uh, rocks that were yeah. being done. Yes, yes, yes. Well, let's uh, close this podcast with probably the most important person coming to Coal Lake soon. And that is uh, Santa Claus. So we got the big Santa Claus parade uh, coming up in a couple Fridays from now. Uh, and uh, with this weather, <laughs> whether or not Santa's going to have any snow, uh, but I encourage all the business community and all the different organizations to take part in the Santa Claus parade. It usually is a lot of it's a big participation. We get a lot of big crowd. Well, with how warm it is, you're going to have a lot of people down there. Do you have lots of candy? I, I'm relying on the city staff to uh, oh to really fill those buckets up because uh boy those poor kids at the end of the line they don't they don't they don't get much those smart kids are always at the front of the parade that's right right and yeah right over up, here yeah right at yeah. the kentucky fried chicken turn there and that's uh, right go down the main street here and uh, i really like the parade route uh, we go down 50th for quite a while uh and so it doesn't put any any of the groups into real danger uh, we used to swing around and go out towards walmart and now it's a, it's a straight run, but uh, we hope uh, Santa's uh, ready for the big the big night. Yeah, no, that's great. So, anyways, we we end the podcast on that note. Uh, get everybody back to work, and hopefully, um, we put enough people to sleep. Right on. <laughs>